This is the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast covering NDSU Bison men's and women's basketball, featuring interviews with your favorite players. Welcome in, Hoops fans, to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. I am your host of the podcast, Brandon Geffrey. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TH Hoops Podcast and myself at BGEF08, BGEF08. Um, still learning how to manage two Twitter accounts. So uh, feel free to hit me up on either one uh, if you have questions or comments on, on anything on the podcast. Uh, and I'll do my my best to get back to you uh, as I can. Um, got couple of great interviews again today. Um, got Luke Yoder, one of the new faces from the Bison men's team. And then uh, the wonderful uh, Heaven Hamling, fresh off of her 39-point performance, uh, will be joining uh, the podcast as well. And we got some up and down. We got a uh, couple of teams going in opposite directions right now. Um, we'll keep the format the same, still cover the men first. Uh, we'll get to the, to the women's, uh, afterwards. Um, and we'll kind of go from there, but to both teams were on the road, uh, this last week, uh, at some MTV, MTE events, multi-team events, uh, NDSU down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, had three games, uh, three days, which is a tough stretch, um, but had on paper a uh, couple of games that hopefully could have picked up a couple wins, but that is indeed why they play the game. Uh, NDSU came out of the MTE 0 and 3. Uh, gonna sound like a broken record, but it's been a lot of the same just poor shooting, um, not able to get stops on defense when they needed them, uh, slow starts in the first half uh, in all three of those games really kind of doomed the team. So I'll touch a little bit on each game. Um, unfortunately, the only one that was available from video was the New Mexico game. The other two were uh, radio only. So um, most of my critiques is based on stats and what I heard from Rob Hip on the radio broadcast. Uh, first up was Northern Colorado, a team that came in um, having lost to a D2 school uh, without a win um, and was looking like a team that NDSU could potentially uh, get get a nice road W against. Uh, but again, NDSU just came out of the gate uh, horribly slow. Um, couldn't couldn't hit the hit the three ball again. One for eight in the first half. Uh, only shot thirty nine percent overall. Um, struggled a little bit with turnovers in the first half, but certainly not as bad um, as we had been going. Uh, Grant Nelson was spectacular, uh, 31.7 rebounds, three blocks. Um, Andrew Morgan joined him in double figures with 14 points and six boards. Uh, NDSU had a kind of a distinct advantage, uh, on the inside. Uh, but unfortunately nobody from the guard position really, really chipped in to help the team along. Um, we shot four for 18 from the outside. Um, and, you know, to Javis Miller, only six points. Bowden Scunberg, only eight points. And Waddles got to nine. Uh, Yoder got to two, but that was it. That was all of the scoring. Sam Highstrader didn't get in the scoring column. Uh, Wheeler Thomas didn't get in the scoring column. So um, really just the, you know, team when they tried to collapse down on Grant and Andrew, uh, they got some open looks from the outside and just, just couldn't convert, which has been kind of a theme. Um, you know, teams know Grant and Andrew Morgan are, are, are the horses that make this thing go. And if we don't have guards out there that can hit down some of those open shots when they get the double team, they're just going to be able to keep double teaming them. Uh, so the fact that Grant Nelson got, got 31 points in this game was, was fantastic. Um, NDSU got down early that 13 point deficit in the, at halftime down 40 to 27 battled, um, throughout the second half close the game, um, you know, to, to, I believe they got it single digits uh, at one point in the second half, but just could not get the stops that they needed every time they made a run. Uh, Northern Colorado kind of kept it going. The biggest, probably the biggest hurdle uh, for NDC to overcome in this game was the free throw shooting. A um, lot of decent defensive possessions and then ended with a foul. And Northern Colorado was spectacular from the foul line. They shot 23 for 24 um from the free throw line 
13 of 14 in the first half and 10 of 10 in the second half. Really tough to come back on a team when they're shooting that well from the free throw line um, and you're not not really getting the stops and the turnovers. Um, they did a really good job taking care of the ball, only eight turnovers by Northern Colorado. Um, NDSU did do a little bit better taking care of the ball, only 11 turnovers in this game, uh, but 12 for 21 from the free throw line on NDSU side. Uh, not going to get the job done 57%. Really, really rough go, but four for nine in the first half. That's kind of another thing that led um, to that deficit. So, again, Grant Nelson, spectacular. Andrew Morgan had a solid game. The rest of the team didn't didn't pick up the slack in it. And uh, as we cover these games here from the weekend, it's kind of a theme that we got a couple of guys uh, playing well each game, uh, but just not five guys putting it together for 40 minutes yet. Uh, so the second game was against New Mexico. Um, definitely the most difficult opponent they're going to face on the road. They're undefeated 5-0 coming into the game, or 4-0, I believe, it ended 5-0. and um, This is the only game that was able to watch. In watching the game, the defensive effort looked significantly better than what I'd seen in most of the other games. Um, they're physical. Uh, they stayed in front of their guys. Um, really played pretty well um, in the first half. They kept uh, New Mexico down at 42% uh, shooting, uh, one for five from the three-point line. Um, only gave up 11 free throws where they only made seven of them. So they struggled a little bit to shoot from the free throw line as well. But again, the problem was NDSU not being able to score. Uh, watching it, we got fantastic looks. There were a boatload of open three-pointers because the you know they were just trying to take Grant out of the game, trying to take Andrew Morgan out of the game. Grant Nelson did get into foul trouble in this one. Picked a, up a couple, I believe his second one with about eight minutes left in the first half, and then picked up his third and his fourth fouls uh, in the first possession uh, of the second half back-to-back um, and cost him another eight minutes or so. He only got 20 minutes into the game. Night after playing, you know, scoring 31, he, he completely took himself out of the game with foul trouble, which um, is something that can happen with Grant. Uh, he's really aggressive going for the block, uh, but he just needs to understand we need him on the floor, uh, try to get more straight up and down, not pick up those fouls. Um, Andrew Morgan had a solid game, 22 points, eight rebounds. Bowden Scunberg didn't shoot particularly well, but did finish with 14 points and six boards and four assists. Uh, but then again, the rest of the team, nobody hit double figures in scoring. And NDSU was four for 23 from the three-point line in the first half. Shot 17%. Only shot 21% overall in the first half. Eight for 37, uh, which led to a deficit of 32 to 25. They shot that poorly. We're only down seven points at halftime. There's some reason for optimism there. Came out in the second half. Got the ball going in the hole a little bit. Um, but just couldn't couldn't get the stops uh, when they needed them and couldn't score enough points. One of the few times NDSU was actually outscored in the second half by an opponent this season. Um, Grant Nelson being out the majority of the second half obviously had some effect on that. Um, but again, the shooting woes just kind of continued from beyond the arc. So a couple of these guys, we've seen them. We've seen them fill it up to Javis Miller, Lance Waddles, um, you know, Bowden. We know even back from his high school days that he can shoot it. So uh Hoping it's going to get there uh, through the two games of the MTV. It was not not great. Uh, and then heading into the third game, it was uh, more of the same. Uh, again, this one was only on the radio. Uh, so listening to Rob Hip uh, call that game. NDSU in the first half, I kept hearing consistently from Rob, great look, great look, great look, couldn't get the shots to fall. Three for 12 from the three-point line, seven for 27 uh, from the field, 26%, 25%. Got to be able to shoot the ball. So uh, Waddles, four, 14. um, You know, we had to Javis Miller, again, one, four, one, three from three-point line. Um, Sam Hostrider, who... Had the hot game seven for seven uh, against Pacific at home. Has not found that stroke on the road. Uh, he did seem to be more aggressive going to the basket. Did get to the free throw line. Went five or six from there. Um, bonus NDSU did shoot 15 to 17 from the free throw line in that third game. So improvement there. That's good to see. Again, limiting the turnovers. Only had 12. 
Um, you know, that 10 to 12 range is usually about where NDSU sits. They love to be under 10 uh, with a young team. I think 12 turnovers is, is livable. Um, but Andrew Morgan couldn't get it going over to Grant Nelson played 37 minutes and only got up seven shots. Also something that really can't happen. I mean, he's got to be able to make more of an impact in that, but when they can double off on them, uh, when we're shooting that poorly from the outside, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, second half, some, the highlights in this one, uh, Jakari white got in the game for the first time in MTE, uh, in meaningful minutes and absolutely lit it up. Came in, went five for seven from three, seven for nine overall, scored 19 points in 14 minutes. Um, really good to see him get it going. I saw him in practice. He looked, um, like he could score the ball at a high level. Hadn't really put that together in game action along with some turnovers and, and some breakdowns on defense kind of left him sitting on the bench. So, uh, he got the opportunity, uh, Bowden, uh, apparently injured a hand. Um, he had a splint on a couple of fingers, so he was out. So had some minutes to, to go around there. Uh, and then Luke Yoder, who had really struggled to shoot the ball, um, so far this year, uh, and, he was a great shooter at the D3 level. So it was something you figured was going to come around. And he he's our guest today on the podcast. He did have 15 points, three of five from the three-point line, five for nine overall, uh, two for two from the free throw line. So a solid game from him uh, after he'd been really struggling um, to shoot the ball so far this season. So those two getting it going was great. But again, a couple of guys getting it going and the rest of the team not there to, to really tack on and pick it up. So as we head through this season, it's a young team. We got a ton of new faces learning how to play the game with each other. Um, got to get it put together. You know, Bowden being out doesn't help the situation, especially defensively. Um, Grant Nelson played 37 minutes and then rolled his ankle again towards the end of the game. Uh, had to be helped off the court a little bit. We'll wait and hear kind of what happens there. Hopefully it's not anything serious because this team really can't afford to be without him. Um, so we got a couple of injuries coming out of this MTE and zero wins. So really rough stretch um, down there in Albuquerque. Again, some some good pieces at times. Uh, this team put together a pretty good stretch against Jacksonville State in the second half. They put up 48 points in the second half. Uh, there were 97 points scored in the second half of this game between the two teams. Um, and yes, you continue to close the gap. Every time they got close, Jacksonville knocked down a couple of threes. They are one of the top three point shooting teams in the nation. Um, did shoot 12 for 25, shot 48% from beyond the arc in this game. Uh, and they just, they kept hitting the big shots and NDSU just could not get over the hump uh, as has been the case most of the time. So um, with that, uh, we're going to jump into uh, the interview with Luke here uh, coming off of that game. Uh, and then we'll jump back in here in a minute uh, when that is done and take a preview at what's coming up for NDSU this week. Now joining me on the podcast is one of the many new faces on this year's Bison roster, uh, junior guard from Normal, Illinois, number five, Luke Yoder. Uh, Luke, thanks for taking the time to join me and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking. Absolutely. So first off, I got to ask, did anybody fill you in on who wore number five before you got here and picked up number five coming into this season? Um, so not really. Like I'd kind of seen just from photos, you know, it was Sam Griesel. And so I was just, I knew he was transferring to Nebraska. So I was like, okay, he must be pretty solid. You know? <laughs> had, to, had to deduct it yourself. Nobody, nobody warned you, right? Yeah. So, so you're from Normal, Illinois. Uh, people don't know, right along with Bloomington, about probably similar size and makeup, kind of Fargo Moorhead. Uh, unique name of just a town called Normal, Illinois. So, I got. Did you tell people you're from Normal, or did you tell people you're from Bloomington when you're when you're growing up? Uh, usually, pe most people would just say like Bloomington Normal. So, okay. So Bloomington Normal is what I would say usually growing up. Cause it's nice. like intertwined, like the cities are kind of so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Fargo Moorhead just with no river basically is what, what you got going on there. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're from normal, but you attended central Catholic high school. There is a normal high school. Mm -hmm. Was there any sort of joke that you guys played with the guys from normal high school 
growing well, up at all? There's like four high schools. There's a normal community West High School and then a normal community high school. And so, and I went to normal community West for two years and I transferred to Central Catholic. Okay. My last two years. So, so then you, you couldn't there even no jokes have a hard time. <laughs> there wasn't really any jokes about the whole normal thing. Normal thing. Uh, yeah. So, growing up, you were kind of where you're at, kind of equal distance from like Chicago, St. Louis, Indianapolis, just kind of in that triangle. So growing up in that kind of area where you kind of get to pick what, what were your kind of college and professional sports loyalties growing up in Illinois? Um, well, so in, in normal Illinois is Illinois Wesleyan. Yep. The, the school that I went to for two years and that's where my dad went. So, he's okay. along, so we would go to all the games there and as we lived 10 minutes from there. So we'd go to all the games and we, we were big fans of them. In terms of, like, professional, we try to cheer for the Chicago Bears, but they're just <laughs> not great right now. Um, yeah. I, like, I like watching the Bulls, too. You know, they've been solid. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bears, I, I mean, Fields maybe will give you some hope a little bit. I think, I think he's going to get there eventually, but – but yeah, a little rough for Bears fans the last few years. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Illinois Wesleyan, where you started, obviously located right there close to home. I actually didn't know your dad went there until you just mentioned that. So um, was that a big lead in to the recruiting process going there? Is that kind of how you ended up there? Or did you look elsewhere? Is that kind of where you wanted to start when you were coming out of high school? Yeah, so that was like one of the main reasons kind of why I wanted to go there is because it's close to home and my dad went there and actually my dad was college roommates with the head coach there like who's the who's the head coach there right now and so everything seemed like the perfect fit just uh, it was all familiar to me you know and so that was like my main reason or my top school in high school and then I started to get some offers but none of them were like super great offers that I wanted to really like leave home for like either the education wasn't good or I wasn't going to get an opportunity to play basketball. Like I would have just sat the bench. So mm -hmm. it, was, it just seemed like the right fit then. Yeah, absolutely. I, I having your dad with good friends with the head coach is pretty good in for, for recruiting. That's for sure. Um, so you mentioned you started to get some offers. Uh, were you familiar with NDSU prior to them coming into the recruiting picture this year? Obviously, Illinois State is also located um, right there in normal. We play them in football, but not in the same conference in basketball. So did you have some familiarity with NDSU before the recruiting process started for, for hoops, or is that new one? Uh, not really. I, I hadn't had much familiarity. I heard about, like, how good their football team was, but I hadn't really paid much attention until I got the phone call. and I had to look it up, like, see what division they were kind of. <laughs> I wasn't super familiar with them. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, they're in the Summit League for basketball. And so then I was like, oh, it's actually a good school. Yeah, absolutely. So this year, was that, I mean, NDSU jumped in. Was that, what about NDSU made you decide to, to make the jump from Illinois Wesleyan where you were pretty comfortable and probably getting home-cooked meals on the regular and that kind of thing? Um, I think – well, it was just me wanting to challenge myself, and NDSU had the perfect opportunity for me just from talking with the coaches, you know, like looking at the roster and stuff. There was opportunity for me to earn a spot and, like, pl earn playing time, you know, and it had a good education and a good, like, college a campus and, that, like, all the things that go into, like, a good experience and that you want from a college. Like, I thought that all, like – attributed to it plus like talking with coach Richmond he kind of talked me into it as like you've never really been away from home and this is going to be like a really good experience for you to get away from home for a couple of years and really grow like as a person and so that like also helped just taking that big step to leave home for a little bit absolutely so you <laughs> get to campus, join the roster, and immediately I believe you're the oldest guy on the team. So uh, what was the process like? You're coming into a new environment, really first time away from home, but yet you're also the most experienced guy 
on the roster as far as games played. So just kind of how is that dynamic for you coming into that locker room? Well, it was definitely different. You know, we had a bunch of new guys coming in, a bunch of freshmen, and and I'm the oldest guy all of a sudden. You know, in my old at my old school, we had four upper five upperclassmen <laughs> above me, and I had two with me. And then and now I'm the oldest guy, and so it's it's definitely a new role to step into. But I think I've done a good job of just being a leader for the younger guys and setting a good example for them. And I'm just trying to bring them along with me, you know, and just give them all the advice I can. For sure. So you come come up from from D three to D one. First game action is against two top ten ranked opponents in Arkansas and Kansas uh, on the road. Those historic arenas what was that experience like and just how much did it kind of just hit you in the face and you just took you a while to settle in and go all right now it's time to play basketball just kind of what was that experience it was crazy you know just going from playing at some of the schools I was at last year to playing at Kansas and Arkansas is just like you would never imagine that like if if you were to tell me last year that when I transferred that I was going to be playing at Arkansas and Kansas, like I wouldn't have believed it. And so definitely like uh, just jumping out on the court there, you know, it, it kind of took me a second to kind of get comfortable, you know, but it's, it's, it goes back to, it's just basketball, you know, like you're, it's five on five and you just got to block out all the noise, all the fans and everything, it, even though like the, Gym is insanely big compared to other gyms I've been in. You got to just try and block it out and just put your head down. And then when you look up in 40 minutes, you know, you see the result. Absolutely. Uh, So you did get a road trip back down to Indiana State, just over in Terry Hall, just kind of down the road from from where you're from. So did you get a lot of familiar faces in that crowd? Did you get a lot of family out at that one? Yeah, I had a bunch of family and friends uh, come to that game because it's only like a two-hour drive, I think. So it was nice for them to show out there. For sure. So this season obviously hasn't started the way anybody was hoping for. Um, for the team, for one, probably also individually for you. I mean, coming into to NDSU, you're really high percentage shooter from the both field and the three-point line. Uh, had some struggles along with a lot of other people to get shots to fall early until mm-hmm. Sunday uh, and you get 15 points, five for nine shooting three for five from three major, you know, you've shot well from the free throw line, a couple more that day. Um, so <laughs> the three on three on Sunday was one more three pointer than you'd made in all the rest of the games combined. So just kind of how good did it feel to see the ball get in the basket for you? And do you think that's going to give you some momentum kind of going forward here? Yeah, it definitely feels good to finally see it go in. You know, I think, Part of me is just adjusting a little bit to the speed of the game and just the step up and just getting comfortable with my with the speed of the game, you know. And now that I, I've seen a couple shots going, I know like where I can find my shots in the game and I know I need to be confident and just shoot that thing. And I know I can make them. I shot 40% last year and there's no reason I shouldn't shoot 40% this year, you know. Absolutely. It's it's good news. That's what we're looking for. Um, so the team overall, I think we've shown the talent. There's individual talent. Um, we've played really well in spurts as a team, but really just haven't had five guys put it together for 40 minutes at a time. So just what's kind of your guys' biggest focus in practice this week as you head into your next game, trying to get that to happen? Yeah, and – it's tough right now. We're, we just go on these little roller coasters. We'll, we'll play good, and then we have these lulls where we just slip up and we don't do what we're supposed to or we just don't take the right shots, you know. And I think it's just learning how to play together and find that rhythm, like offensively and defensively, and just competing hard for 40 minutes. I think it's, it's tough when you have such a young group that's still growing together and learning so much. So – we're working there we're getting there and it just, it's going to take a little time, I think for us to figure it out. But I think once we get a little taste of what winning feels like, I think it's going to come along a lot faster once we know how, how hard it takes to, or how much it takes to win, you know, once it, we know that I think we'll finally get there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And not even 
you know, other than Grant and Bowden, even the guys that were back really, you know, Dez is still out with the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, Joshua Stripe played sparingly. Andrew Morgan was out a bunch last year. So even the guys that are back um, didn't really play a ton together so far. So it's a, you know, brand new 12. And I think most of Bison Nation understands that and, and is still behind you guys uh, going forward. So um, you hit the road again this week little Northwest Pacific Northwest trip to Eastern Washington and Portland, uh, before coming back home the following weekend. Uh, you enjoy these road trips. I'm guessing these long trips are something pretty new compared to what you, what you played in regionally in D3. And do you prefer getting out to the new places or do you prefer to play, just stick at home and play on the home floor? I think it's pretty cool to just go see these new gyms and stuff and to travel by plane to the, all the games and stuff, you know, we would, drive everywhere for the d3 games i think it's fun just spending time with the team you know i think it's helping our just bond just grow closer together and plus we get fed a lot which i really enjoy you know <laughs> get some good meals which so that's good but yeah it's cool just playing in the new gyms and seeing the new environments absolutely so with the the feeding take uh we'll head in we're running out of time here so we'll run into just the the last little bit i usually do a little rapid fire questions at the end here and i've been doing a holiday theme as we're in between thanksgiving and christmas so hit you up with a few questions here and then we'll let you go so uh number one favorite thanksgiving dish we just had thanksgiving i know you guys had it on the road but what's your what's your favorite on the table yeah i go with mashed potatoes Okay. Uh, favorite winter activity? I think it's a little colder here than in Illinois, but what, what do you like to get out and do in the winter? Um, I'd say skiing. I've gone skiing in Colorado with my cousins, and I really – I thought that was a lot of fun. Very nice. Absolutely. Uh, go-to Christmas movie? Ooh. Um, a Wonderful Life, definitely. Classic. Uh, your favorite Christmas song? It's a new question this week I just came up with. Uh, I feel like I haven't listened to any yet, so I can't remember. Uh, Other than Mariah Carey that you hear everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably, probably the Mariah Carey one or, I don't know, there's one of the Ariana Grande ones is pretty good. Uh, absolutely. She's fantastic. Uh, favorite Christmas baked good. Baked good. Mm. Holiday um, baking. What, what, mom or grandma make growing up that was you couldn't wait for i mean the my mom's cookies probably or my grandma's yeah uh colorful lights or white lights for christmas lights i like the colorful ones yeah and real tree or fake tree real definitely real (laughs) all right that's all i got for you uh big thanks again luke for coming on Uh, taking the time. I really do appreciate it and wish you guys the best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bet. Bye. Again, that's Luke Yoder. Appreciate his time and great to chat with him. Uh, Running out of time on the men's side, so just going to do a little quick preview here of the weekend. Uh, The guys are headed out to the Pacific Northwest, have uh, a couple of games against Eastern Washington and Portland, uh, Eastern Washington is a game that feels like should work in NDSU's favor a little bit, a little less guard speed. They play with a little more size, Um, should be a good matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be more of the same. I think you're going to see some double teams on on Morgan and Grant Nelson if he's able to go. Uh, and so it's going to come down to NDSU being able to hit some outside shots. If they start getting some of those shots to fall, I think they can it can be a pretty dangerous team and hopefully build some confidence and get a W in that one. Uh, game against Portland going to be going to be a tough one. Um, no ifs ands or buts about it. They had some decent decent wins early in the year. Uh, lost to Kent State. Um, you know they beat Florida uh, Florida A and M, Portland State, and Air Force. Uh, lost to Seattle and Kent State, but then they went and played in the Phil Knight Invitational and they lost to North Carolina, number one in the country at that point before they lost twice, uh, only by eight points, beat Villanova, and then <laughs> stuck with uh, number 12 Michigan State and lost by one point. So really 
really played well uh, up against some tough competition. Uh, so they're likely feeling pretty good about themselves. They got a little tune up against the non D one uh, here tomorrow uh, before they play UND on the third and then NDSU on the fifth uh, at home. So both North Dakota schools are playing out there in Portland later this week. Um, hopefully we get some things trending in the right direction. I know in the post game interviews uh, over the weekend, uh, especially on Sunday, coach Richmond was definitely not pleased with teams at as far as uh, playing together, playing, playing five on five um, and, you know, really, trying to settle into the way that that NDSU likes to do things. And so they got a full week of practice here um, as they head out there. Um, hopefully we got some guys healthy. Uh, if we're without Bowden and Grant, it's only going to make things more difficult. Uh, so we'll look for updates uh, on that from, from Bison 1660 later in the week and see how they're doing. Uh, and then we will try and catch those games this weekend. I believe both should be on ESPN plus. So should be able to, to catch them live if you want to tune in. Uh, then we'll turn the page uh, over to the women's team uh, who had a much better uh, go of it at their MTE. The ladies had two games down in Reno, Nevada. Uh, against Boise State and Nevada, both out of the Mountain West, uh, and came out with two two wins, um, two really good performances. Uh, Heaven Hamling absolutely had herself a weekend. Um, excited to talk to her here in a little bit um, about that and and kind of the rest of her career. She did hit a thousand points over the weekend uh, in her career, so great weekend for her. Uh, but just a great weekend for the team in general. Um, two really, really solid performances. The team played well as a whole, uh, played strong defensively, um, and really is giving a lot of teams problems with their length. Uh, and haven't had a big weekend, and it's not as much uh, self-created as it's had to be in the past. It was really fun to watch as this team – works through the offense. There's a lot of times this ball gets dumped inside or hits a cutter. Um, and, you know, the, the defense is trying to shut down something on the inside and, and heaven's just drifting herself around the outside and, and getting some open shots and some good looks. Um, she's also been really good in transition. Um, got some thefts, got, got some steals in these games to get herself out in transition and get some easy buckets. So uh, really Really good performances by the women's team. Uh, the first game against Boise State was never really in doubt. Uh, a little back and forth early in the game, but uh, NDSU had a 15-11 lead in the first quarter. Uh, extended that to a 27-22 lead at halftime and then blew their doors off, uh, scoring 24 points um, in the third to, to Boise State's 12 and, and kind of running away with it from there. Uh, 168-53. As I mentioned, Heaven had a great game, 23 points uh, in that first one. She had three assists, three steals. A um, little downside, she did have five turnovers in that one, uh, something she'll obviously tell you she she wants to do better at. But um, really solid game from her. L. Evans had a, another really solid performance, 13 points, four rebounds, um, five or ten from the field. She went one for one for three. Uh, really good to see her outside shot coming along. She really struggled the first few games of the year. Um, and then the last couple of games, uh, she's really started to hit that shot. When you're as good off the dribble and at the size at 6'3 that she is, if she can start hitting that outside shot as well, she is a very dangerous weapon for this offense. Uh, Abby Schulte also in double figures with 11 uh, points and three rebounds. Um, five for nine shooting. Um, Rest of the team inside Taylor Brown, Emily Benke, uh, played really well defensively. Um, you know, worked hard. Benke ended up falling out of this one, uh, with five fouls, but uh, Boise State's got some, got some talent inside and they did a really good job, uh, containing that. Um, as a team, shot fairly well throughout the game, uh, ended with 44%. Um, 55% from three, only shot nine three-pointers this game. It's kind of a low number for this team. They tend to shoot a little bit more, but has some success uh, driving and getting to the rim and also getting out in transition. So didn't need to shoot the three to get ahead in this one. Um, played really well for Boise State. Uh, Lalotte's kind of their their go-to forward. 
Um, she only, you know, like I mentioned, the gals held her well. She only had 10 points in this one. Um, Abby Muse played well for them. Uh, she only had four points, but have 12 rebounds. So it was a solid team effort to really contain um, Boise State's star players. Um, a lot of a lot of players got in this game um, to put in the minutes. So it was a great team effort. Heaven just did the most of the scoring um, and got them that victory. Then they had a day off on Saturday after playing on Friday and then came back on Sunday uh, to take out a pretty tough Nevada team. Uh, came in at two and two um, in in the in their season, um, and NDSU jumped out on this one uh, to an 18-8 lead in the first quarter. Looked like they're going to run away with it, and then Nevada stormed back uh, and outscored NDSU 19 to 12 in the second quarter. So it was a 30 to 27 ball game at halftime, uh, and really stayed pretty close throughout uh, the rest of the game. Uh, ended with final score NDSU winning 73 to 68, but Nevada just didn't have an answer for Heaven Hamling down the stretch. She absolutely went off in this one, uh, 39 points, seven for 12 from the three point line, uh, 11 for 19 overall, and 10 for 10 from the free throw line, which was big down the stretch. She also brought in six rebounds, had three steals. Uh, as well and anytime down the stretch of this game that Nevada thought they were getting close it was a a heaven three-pointer or driving a foul uh, that really just kind of broke their back and kept NDSU out in front. Al Evans um, again solid performance 10 points two or three from the three-point line four rebounds uh, two assists so she has been fantastic. Emily Banky had another great defensive performance Uh, three blocks um, really was altering shots all over uh abby draper also uh i thought played a really solid game defensively she had seven points and six rebounds as well um but really defensively uh i thought stood out in this one uh their their bigs were a little bit quicker so uh, katie hildebrand was struggling a little bit to to stay in front of them so abby draper played a lot more post defense than she usually does uh and played really really well um schulte didn't do much in the scoring column, but did have six assists and six rebounds, only two points. Um, you know, Taylor Brown started a little bit shooting in this one, um, contributed 5.7 rebounds. Uh, and so it was really, I mean, this was the heaven handling show. Like I, like I mentioned, it was a lot of not even heard having to create for herself. It was her teammates, uh, kind of moving around, um, getting the defense, off balance a little bit and then heaven finding her crease and either getting her shot up or, or getting in the lane and getting an easy bucket. So uh, kudos to this team. They're playing very well. Uh, schedule has not been easy, not been horribly difficult to this point, um, but you can only play who's in front of you. And they've done that to the tune of six and oh, uh, and as I'll, you know, talk with to heaven a little bit, uh, some games, especially this one, um, where last year I just don't think the team had the makeup to go finish this thing. I think it was, um, you know, as the team came, Nevada came back a little bit, tried to take the lead. I think last year, you know, NDSU crumbled a little bit, turned the ball over, you know, take some bad shots, that kind of thing. Um, this team really seems to know how to finish a game, uh, and that is very, very important as the season goes on. You're going to find yourself in some in some good contested battles uh, in the Summit League and in the rest of their non-conference here. Um, and so we'll look for this team to continue to dominate that way. Uh, I tell you what, if Evan Hamling averages about 30 points um, over over the rest of the season, we'll, we'll be in pretty good shape as well. But we've seen uh, even when she doesn't score, this team finds ways to win. And so uh, just well-balanced, um, a lot of contributing players, Everybody playing their role, um, trying to do things the right way. And I think the biggest thing is that they're just really solid defensively and their length uh, really seems to be bothering some teams. So with that, I'm going to bring in Heaven um, and we're going to chat with her about um, not only her big weekend, but just kind of how she got to NDSU in the first place. And then we'll be back to preview uh, their weekend ahead as well. 
Now joining me is someone fresh off the third best scoring performance in NDSU history with 39 points on Sunday, uh, eclipsing 1,000 points for her career in the process. Senior guard from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, number 11, the GOAT herself, Miss Heaven Hamling. Uh, Heaven, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to join me and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, got a ton I would love to cover with you. We'll see what we get for time. Um, first, I just want to start with what just happened. I mean, this weekend you got to a th thousand career points. Um, what does that accomplishment mean to you thus, thus far in your career? Yeah, well, it means a lot. Uh, we played really well uh, this weekend, and I'm just super excited that we got two wins and, and we're still undefeated and we're still hungry. Um, we're practicing every single day, super, super hard. And uh, I'm just excited to see where we go in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to touch on this at the end, but since we're talking Reno, just talk a little bit about the trip. How was Nevada? I think you guys got a little day off in between. Um, the games were great. We actually were able to watch both of them, which was exciting. So um, just kind of go through the trip a little bit and what you guys had as your Thanksgiving weekend. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving meal while you're out there? Yeah, well, we actually had Thanksgiving meal on Wednesday before we left with our coaches. Um, everyone contributed, all of our coaches. Uh, so it was really fun to have that, you know, kind of at one of our coaches' house and more of a traditional Thanksgiving. Uh, but when we got to Reno, we got to the casino and uh, we had their buffet Thanksgiving dinner, which was really good, too. And we got to watch the Vikings game. I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan, so that was really cool seeing it on the big uh, TV screens. But uh, yeah, it was a really fun trip. Uh, we got to see some things. Uh, we got to go to Lake Tahoe and uh, our resort over there. Uh, so that was really fun and uh, super cool. Very nice. So you're from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, as I mentioned, beautiful area up there. You have Walker, hour so to the west, Duluth, hour and a half to the east. Just kind of what was your favorite part about growing up in northern Minnesota and kind of likes country and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, I'm a pretty big outdoors person. Uh, I love to go hunting and fishing. Um, I grew up uh, hunting and uh, fishing with my dad in the summers. And now I like to go back in the fall. And any time that I get to go hunting, uh, it's usually just bow hunting because during rifle season, we're uh, playing. Already but, practicing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of doing that. And then the spring, um, you know, just trying to get on the ice whenever we can. I had to go ice fishing, but that's sometimes limited as well. But um, yeah, I just grew up being on the lakes and my dad was a fishing guide. So I kind of was just always grew up around it. Um, big country person. I've lived in the country my whole life. Uh, so yeah, that's just kind of where Grand Rapids is. And I've enjoyed living there. Awesome. So with all that said, coming out of high school, four-year letter winner, you know, averaging 19 plus points. Um, three-time All-State, you got quite the resume coming out of, of high school. You know, you're, I think, the second-ranked uh, point guard, eighth overall player. And then you end up all the way down in Stephen F. Austin, your your first year of your career, which, you know, if Bison fans look at your profile, they'll see 839 points as your total at NDSU. Some may have already forgot that you're at Stephen F. to start just because you've been here a while now. So just talk a little bit about your recruitment out of high school and how you ended up down there to begin with. Yeah, well, I don't know why, but I decided that I wanted to go somewhere far away. Uh, probably was the wrong decision considering how I grew up in uh, my hobbies and uh, all that. But I learned from it. It was a good uh, experience for me. Um, right out of high school, I played AAU with the Minnesota Stars. And uh, the Southwest Minnesota State coach was recruiting me pretty hard, but I didn't think that was really the route I wanted to go. Um, but he knew the Stephen F. Austin coach really well. They're good buddies. So he got me in contact with the SFA coach. And uh, we just kind of hit it off the bat. I went down there uh, right after our AAU season ended. And I really liked the coaches. I liked the facilities. Um, so I got there. It was good during the summer. Um, and then when uh, season hit, I was like, you know, it would kind of be nice to play closer to home. Um, like I saw all my family and friends back there playing closer to home and I don't know I just kind of knew that NDSU was the one I knew they were struggling um, at the time Martin Walseth was the coach Jory probably was at Kansas had no idea he was coming to NDSU but 
Um, I don't know. God was just telling me that NDSU was the one. And I talked to my AAU coaches um, when I was in the transfer portal. And I said, hey, like, I want to go to NDSU. Like, I just got a feeling that's where I want to go. And they're like, okay, well, I don't have a coach yet. So, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. That might not work out for you. But I was like, well, I got to trust it. And it ended up working out. So that actually leads into what I was asking next. So you finish your freshman season, you know, Jory gets hired. Um, so you were, you were already looking at NDSU before, before Jory was even here then. So um, did that, did you call Jory, the AAU coach called Jory? Just how did you jump on the phone with him? And was he familiar with your game prior to you getting in contact with him once he kind of got on, on the job here at NDSU? Yeah, well, my AAU coach or the Minnesota Stars director uh, contacted Kansas the day he got hired. And I didn't think they could give him his number, but then he contacted Emporia. And I think that's where they were able to give him uh, his number. And so actually the same day he got hired, Jory texted me um, and I was in shock. Like it was such a blessing um and it just kind of went from there I'm not sure if he even had the chance to look at any of my film but I'm sure he's like we need some players so but I haven't even had that conversation with Jory about oh what did you think I wasn't the most athletic coming out of my first year yeah oh that's great because so yeah so you and Ryan Cobbins who's now at Alabama were his first two recruits that spring um you know now you were pre-transfer portal days so you transferred you had to sit out a year so how was that experience was it tough to sit out for that season after you played your full freshman year uh did it help uh with Banky there she was redshirting that year as well so you're both kind of out did that help with that process and just kind of what was that experience like for for you after playing your freshman year yeah it was it was tough sitting out um, and especially seeing your team go on all these road trips and not being able to go and then going to the Summit League tournament and not being able to wear NDSU gear. It's really tough, um, but I needed it. Uh, I needed to develop. I needed to get more athletic, more stronger. Um, and NDSU provided all that. The people in the weight room and Adam Mead, our strength coach, are just they develop people so well. Um, and I just really needed it. I needed to be on the scout team and just kind of find myself again and just play my own game. And then uh, just learning off of what Jory's coaching style was and his offenses and how we're going to play defense. It just really helped me and uh, brought me to a whole nother level. Yeah, that's great. So um, this off season, you guys got to go to Greece. Uh, how exciting was it for you to find out that you're getting to go to Greece just as your foreign trip. We've seen Puerto Rico, we've seen NDSU's men's team went to Canada one year. I can't imagine that was anything quite like Greece. So just how exciting was it that that's where you got to go? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I think I found out uh, towards the end of the year, middle of the year last year during our season. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. You know, it seems so far away, but it was actually so close at the time. Um, but when it kept getting closer and closer. We uh, had a lot of practices in the summer leading up towards it. And it was so cool, like being on the islands and just seeing the Acropolis. It was super awesome. And I'm super excited or, and super happy that we got to go there because um, it really just gives us an advantage over everyone else. I mean, having those 10 practices, uh, full practices before we got there, just saw the new people we had just developing and like finding out who each other are. Um, it really adds to us. Yeah, absolutely. So you already answered my next question as to how much you think it attributed, but absolutely. Uh, so the one question I got to ask, I've asked everybody so far is what was your favorite thing you ate while you were in Greece? Well, what was your favorite food that you had while you were over there? Um, I would say the tzatziki sauce. I'm a big Euro person. Um, the Euros at the fair really don't compare though, but <laughs> Euros in Greece are pretty good. I think they're probably a little healthier. Yeah. But the tzatziki sauce there was really good. That was the note from your from your roommate Taylor as well last week. So that was makes sense. Um, so how much did you pitch that to her when she was considering transferring here? Were you like, hey, we get to go to Greece if you, you come here? She said Jory mentioned it a little bit, but were you, yeah. you pushing that pretty hard? Yeah, I was. Um, I never got the opportunity to go out of the country. I'm 
sure she has before but um I mean we used to travel all the time together and she thought it was going to be super fun to come travel again and um just experience Greece and she loves to travel so um yeah it was a really fun experience and we actually were roommates there uh one of the times so it was really fun awesome um so six and oh we mentioned um played some tough games uh had the Minnesota game um Northern Colorado's good program uh you know, Boise is usually really good in the Mountain West as well. Uh, a few of these games, similar to last year through three quarters, where it's tight, playing well, staying in the game. And then last year, it felt like a lot of times the fourth quarter would hit and we'd come up short somehow. So this year's team seems to be closing really strong. Our fourth quarter has been the best quarter in every game. Uh, so kind of what's the biggest difference between the two teams this year and last year that you're finding uh, is helping you guys close these out? Yeah, well, to start, I think we all play basketball for the same reasons. Uh, we just really enjoy it. We have fun out there. Uh, we all want to win. Uh, and I think that was just a little different from last year. We kind of got down and said, oh, we're probably done. And this year, it's a whole different uh, game, whole different people. And uh, we all want to win so bad. And we know our goals. And we re respond really well. If our coaches are asking us to do something, we're going to go out there and do it better than what they said. So, um, and our, we have a lot of people who hold each other accountable too, because uh, the returners know like, hey, this is where we got to be at and this is where we're at right now. So um, going into the fourth quarter, I think we just kind of hold each other to a high standard and it's been working out really well for us so far. Absolutely. So another tough, yeah, tough four game road stretch coming up here uh, again, um, Eastern Washington's 4 no. Uh, Northern Iowa is always solid. Milwaukee as well. Um, what do you guys focus on as far as keeping that momentum going into this this four game stretch all on the road again? Yeah, I would say just staying focused. You know, um, it's going to be tough being on the road that long, but hey, you got to take it for what it's worth and just use that to your advantage. Uh, go in there and just kind of play your heart out and uh, see where that takes you. And then in the fourth quarter, just you know say, hey, we got this and we're out of here um, and hopefully come out with the win. But uh, yeah, just staying focused. It's hard with school and unpacking and packing and getting everything figured out. You know, it's the holiday season too. So people want to see their families, but just staying close together and focusing in on what our goals are. And hopefully we end out on top. Sounds great. So we're running out of time here. I want to touch on one other thing before we jump into the rapid fire questions and let you go. So uh, some exciting basketball news that's not related to this season, but next your sister who actually committed, I believe two seasons ago, officially signed here at the beginning of this season, you get your COVID year. So you get to stick around and play a season with her. How exciting is that for you that she's going to be up here next year? Yeah, it's super exciting. I mean, she She's 17 and I'm 22. Like you don't usually get to play with each other that far apart in age, but I'm super excited for my family just to be all together. I know it's hard for my mom to coach and my dad to try and come see our games here. Uh, so it'll be super nice to just have everyone here, but I'm excited to see how she develops and uh, what she can do at the college level. Um, and I know she enjoys it every time she's out here, but um, I'm glad to have her out here next year with me. So I know, she's a pretty prolific shooter i've seen some of the three-point stats i didn't look up the high school stats so you're the all-time grand rapids leading scorer is she catching you is she gonna is she gonna beat you this season or is it where she at um, in that race which sister's gonna have she, the upper hand if she goes off she might reach me but um with covid she kind of got cut a few games uh, short yeah yeah, so I'll give her that, but uh, she works hard and she keeps it up. She'll, she might be up there. Sounds good. All right. So I got little seven or eight question list of just kind of some quick stuff we're doing. I've been doing holiday themed here since we are in the holiday season. So just give me some of your favorites here and, and then we'll let you go. So favorite Thanksgiving dish. You just had delicious Thanksgiving meal. What was, what's the go-to? For sure. Green bean casserole for sure. Nice. That's one of my faves as well. Uh, favorite wintertime activity. You're, you're obviously outdoorsy in Minnesota. What's, what's your favorite thing to do in the wintertime? Uh, ice fishing has to be number one. Uh, go to Christmas movie. Ooh, I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies, but, um, I would say the Grinch maybe or elf between those two, uh, favorite Christmas song. 
uh, Christmas song. Oh, probably Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. I'm not a big fan of uh, Christmas songs. The classic, either, the classic Christmas. Uh, yeah. What's your the favorite Christmas baked good? What's the thing that your mom or grandma makes that you got to have every Christmas? Um. Well, my mom and me always make lumps of coal, which is just like marshmallow and Oreo mixed together. It's super sticky, such a disaster, to make, but they're pretty good. <laughs> nice. Uh, colorful lights or white lights on Christmas decorations? Um, colorful, but with a lot of blue. <laughs> a real or fake tree in the house? Oh, real. You got to cut it down. And put it in. <laughs> absolutely all right well that's all i got for you today heaven thanks a ton uh for taking some time i know you guys got a hectic schedule of travel so i, I really appreciate it and best of luck here this weekend on your games yeah no problem thanks for having me yeah thank you great chatting with heaven uh just about all kinds of things there and glad glad she's in a bison uniform and glad she wanted to be here uh, looking forward to what she continues to do this season and next year um, as a senior. So this week, uh, the women are also on the road again. Not much for home games here until uh, next weekend for either the men's or women's program. The women are out in the state of Michigan. Uh, I don't even believe they come home uh, before next week because they are then at uh, Northern Iowa um, a few days after that. But they are playing uh eastern michigan and central michigan this weekend in that order uh one game uh against eastern michigan uh is a game against four and O team who will does not play again before idsu gets there so it will be uh a battle of the unbeatens uh there so definitely a tough challenge for ndsu yet again uh, Eastern Michigan hasn't had a terribly difficult schedule, but they've won fairly handedly in most of their games, uh, led by a couple of sophomore guards, but also have uh, a couple of centers that play their six, six, two and six, three, uh, another forward that's six, two, um, you know, to go along with those guards. So a team that'll match up lengthwise, probably a little bit better than what NDSU seen so far. Um, but you know, it's it's a game I think NDSU should be able to come away with. I think it'll it'll be a handful for them on the defensive end, but uh, if Emily Banky and the crew uh, continue to battle the way they have defensively, uh, I think NDSU has a little more firepower on the offensive end uh, to get get it done. Uh, but definitely a tough challenge uh, yet again. Uh, it hasn't been much of a break uh, for NDSU with you know, Minnesota, Boise State, Nevada, uh, and Eastern Michigan. But once that game is completed, they'll head to Central Michigan, uh, a team that is 0-6. And so hopefully just avoid the trap game there. Um, they have had a tough schedule playing a couple of Power 5 opponents. Um, so not necessarily as bad as it may look on paper. Uh, they're led by a couple of freshmen uh, guarding a the forward there. Uh, are their two leading scorers. Uh, so if you're, they're not a terribly young team, uh, but their freshmen are are their most talented players. So usually uh, that's how you end up getting to to zero and six. Um, but they will they will win some games this season. They they aren't uh, quite as bad as the schedule um, has led them to be so far this year. Uh, but a game that NDSU should definitely be able to pull out on the road. Um, just need to make sure that they're they're ready to roll, especially if they can head into their seven and zero after picking up a win against Eastern Michigan. So, those are the two games that uh, the women have coming up. Uh, as I mentioned, they'll head to Northern Iowa and Green Bay. Um, after that, I like I said, I do not believe they will um, even come back to Fargo uh, in between those games. Um, so, long road trip for the ladies. Um, it's tough being on the road for that long, especially after just being in Reno. Uh, they get back. Uh, you'll notice the podcast is a day late because we had some travel traveling teams coming back from their MTEs. So needed to get those player interviews lined up once they were back. And now everybody's turning around and taking back off again. So some tough travel for the teams. Uh, 
great time with the teammates. You've heard a few of them mention it, that that is a good time on the road uh, to get to know your teammates, spend some time with them. Um, but can definitely be a grind uh, trying to get schoolwork and everything else done. So hopefully our ladies continue to roll. Uh, they did meet the uh, mid-major top 25 poll coming in at number 19. I believe, as far as I know, that's the first time uh, an NDC women's basketball team has made the mid-major top 25 poll since uh, they've been D1. Uh, at least the first time in the last five or six years, uh, it, as far as I know. So teams cooking, uh, got things going in the right direction. Um, just need to, as Heaven mentioned, just keep going, keep focusing on finishing games, uh, take it one game at a time. Uh, and I think we got some big things in store for this women's team. And once they're back home, please get out and support them. Let's, let's pack the shack. Like, uh, we used to pack, uh, the old BSA, for the women's programs back when uh, we really dominated for a decade. Um, and then haven't have been struggled since we went D one a little bit. Um, but this team is, is back up and, and ready to roll. Uh, and actually in that top 25 poll is rated one spot ahead of USD. Uh, the South Dakota schools obviously have dominated the summit league for, for about the last decade. So hoping this NDSU team can break that mold. Um, and every every bit of fan support will help that. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back to recap those four games that I previewed for both the men and the women uh, next week and have a couple more players on uh, to interview then.